Meryl Streep never wears pants in this film because she's <clears throat> she's a woman of age. <laughs> she wears a trouser. She wears, oh, she does when she at the end. Bob McNamara too. At the end, she wears a. It is a. It's a caftan. It's a caftan. Whatever. What's get your get your seventies ladies attire. Mumu caftan. I, I, what, what are you confusing journalism and free press when it talks about what kind of movie we're watching here? Yes, Ben, please uh, steer the ship. Hi everyone, this is Movie Dynamo. I'm Ben Empey. Ben Ben Bradley, I thought it was. I'm Ben Bradley. <laughs> I'm Carrie Coon. <laughs> I'm Dave That's Graham. The bit. <laughs> Daniel Ellsberg. I'm Daniel Ellsberg. I'm just Carrie Coon. <laughs> Carrie Coons. <laughs> Jesus, you guys. Ben, what are we talking about this week? Today we're talking about The Post, which is Steven Spielberg's new film starring Meryl Streep. First build, Meryl Streep and Tom Hanks. Second build. everyone's favorite TV actors and actresses. Sarah Paulson, third build. And... Bob Odenkirk, fourth build. You just have this memorized? I remembered the first four. Damn. Is Carrie fifth? No, she's no, not. Carrie's pretty far down. Carrie Coon. What the? Carrie fuck? Coon shares a title with Allison Brie, meaning that if this movie had gotten the SAG nomination, Carrie Coon wouldn't have been nominated. Are you serious? serious? I believe I you have it. to have a single title card. Is how it works. So that's the Get Out controversy. Uh, oh, Betty Gabriel's not in. The, oh, really? Which is yeah. bizarre because she's kind she of the best performance in the movie. She delivers one she's of the most iconic scenes. One of the most iconic tears, and Indeed. on this show especially, we're all about iconic tears. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, ben, what is the film about? The Post yeah. is a film about the release of the Pentagon Papers during the towards the end of the Vietnam War that show America's involvement in Southeast Asia for since the Eisenhower. end of World War II. Yeah, Truman, really. Since Truman. And how the New York Times published this first the attorney general under Nixon filed an injunction and was going to sue them. And the Post then got the papers and had to decide should they publish. And it's a story about the free press. And it's a story about Kay Graham, who inherited the Washington Post from first her father, gave it to her husband to run. And then after his death, she became the publisher. And it is a love letter to the women in charge of the world. It is a movie where Kay Graham decides to ditch the complacency and tell the truth. Mm-hmm. Tell the truth. Okay, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> love, love the three years of therapy scene. That's probably the only scene that I don't really hate. That scene now. in what Molly's game? Yeah. yeah. I'm gonna give you three years of therapy in one session. <laughs> That's not realistic. Yeah. I can also do it because I'm a man and I'm your father and father knows best. Oh boy. I did like, it was the first Aaron Sorkin movie where the woman is not asking the, what does this mean question to get the exposition out. (laughs) Oh yeah. To not be the audience. Because the lead. Right. (laughs) And so it's Idris Elba. (laughs) He's he's the the one asking, what is this? Yeah. And he's the lawyer. Can I ask why does, no, I I don't want the answer, but I just like in the trailer when she says, because it's my name. Because it's my name. I what is she drives what? me crazy. What is she talking it's about? Stupid. Well, because it's an overt <laughs> reference to the Crucible. Mm-hmm. And Idris Elba's daughter is like studying the Crucible in a previous scene. So Because he assigned it to her personally. Yes, he assigns all her homework. Father knows best, mm-hmm. once again. 
and uh, and then she Sounds she yells like because it's movie. my name. And it seems like Sorkin is sort of having like a nice little in joke for the smart people in the room, mm-hmm. it, which is almost better because then it just becomes completely ham fisted when Idris Elba's like the Crucible, and she's like two on the nose. You know, it works well in the trailer. That trailer, that moment where it's like because it's my name, boom, title. That it got a big response in yeah, the downsizing crowd. Ooh, oh yeah, I bet they were all like. Ooh, murmurings of like, gotta how do you, see that. How did your crowd Special react man. to downsizing? Um, I had some walkouts. I had a lot of people I think being like, I a lot of like, people huh? don't know what to do. With, just have no idea what I, to do. A lot I heard of that today. quiet people just walking out. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I they didn't, seen they, it people don't know what to do with it. It's a yeah. weird one. I don't I, know I, when I I'm like... going to see it. I, I, I wanna, I'm a pain completist, but I have to see Phantom Thread. I want to see I want to see like Dawson City Frozen Time like we were talking about. Yeah. There's movies I need to play catch up on outside of the theater as well, and yeah. those seem to be more important to me than downside. I need to watch Get Out again before yes. we record our top ten episode. <gasps> Spoiler alert! Can't wait to watch. Spoiler Get Out Spoiler alert! Again. I think we can announce that we're doing that. Yeah, we're gonna do a Get I Out episode a, in about a month. A Get Out rep- oh, that's retrospective. Not what I meant. Oh, I meant our top ten episode. Oh, right. Well, so now you've just spoiled that we're doing a Get Out episode. <laughs> oh. I thought that I was given permission. I thought that's what you were talking about too. Oh. Our Get Out retrospective. No, I just want to know how my uh, hey, my when, qualms about when it. we do the get out episode, oh, can our theme be uh, Boonwell? Ooh, yes. that's good. Yeah, I got the exterminating angel on Criterion nice. for Christmas. Seen it? No, that's, I need to watch that too. That's the one that inspired. No, that's the one that inspired Mother. Mother, but it is probably my favorite. More and more, nice. More than Belle de Jour. I think Get Out is the new frontrunner for Best Picture right now. I think it's the frontrunner currently. I had that thought on the card today as well. Because it got the SAG nomination. Yeah. And the only other... I mean, I guess otherwise it's three billboards. Or Fishbuck. That didn't get a SAG. I don't think Fishbuck is is up there. I think it's The Post, Dunkirk, Get Out. Those are the three. But The Shape of Water is going to be a nomination leader. All the crafts. Well, just because the narrative will a nomination be leader doesn't right. mean it went like Benjamin Button got like a million. Well, yeah, and American Hustle gets ten and doesn't win any. But yeah. Shape of Water is beloved almost across the board. American Hustle was divisive. Yeah, and if Shape of Water leads the nominations the way it led the Golden Globe nomination, that's the story. Um, yeah, but it is the new know. like ever since they did the when they down <laughs> when they downsized the preferential or they, ballot, they upsized oh, uh-huh. ever yeah. since they done the preferential ballot, it's like. It's always a low like number of Oscars won with the Best Picture winner. Yes, which is very interesting, and especially yeah, because the true. Academy membership is uh, so diversified at this okay. point. Uh, not just um, when it comes to like gender, but also there's a huge international uh, aspect in the in the Academy now, and a lot of younger people. Which is another reason. Apart, I mean, I think that the that ballot is why we've been seeing like a director picture split. But I also think the Academy is just less unified in general right now about yeah. their taste. So mm-hmm. more things are. It's not or just winning. or less sweeps. Yeah, yeah. more thing. It's more spread out. Yeah. Like when was the last major sweep? The Although artist, Sally does sweep the in the Shape of Water. The artist sweep. Won six. She does. She does, she sweep. does sweep. She does she sweep. Does. The artist would. How many did that win? A lot. Six. Wow. Ugh. But then again, like Twelve Years a Slave won a bunch. It won three. Oh, what okay. did Twelve Years a Slave? Argo won like six. Yeah, that's so direct. That. So weird that Argo won Best Picture the I same know. year that like Amor was nominated, and the same year that Zero Dark Thirty. Existed. And Zero Dark Thirty, of course. <laughs> yeah. I like forgot. The what smear Argo's campaign about. against Zero Dark Thirty is one of the more heinous, I think. 
Yeah. The fact that they got like John McCain and Diane Feinstein to grant that legitimacy. Mm-hmm. It's it's just infuriating. <laughs> yeah. I need to rewatch that. And it reminds me of the post. And it reminds me of the post. Mm. Because we have elected officials in the government saying, no, 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 we did not do anything wrong in the war. We are complete. We have a spotless record. Tor- torture didn't do anything, like, mm-hmm. totally lying about methods that they, that they were using right. um, as interrogation. Just like the Nixon administration and, and uh, the Eisenhower administration and Kennedy. Jack. 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 And Johnson and, uh, and Robert McNamara, how they were all lying about progress. Bob. Okay, Am I wrong about this? So when the cast list was officially announced for this movie, was mm-hmm. Zach Woods not listed as Daniel Ellsberg? Was he not? I don't know what he was listed as. I was as. so sure that he was. So when Matthew Reese was uh, in the Ellsberg role, like that took me like five minutes to readjust <laughs> because I was, I'd been looking forward to the Zach Woods, Daniel Ellsberg performance uh-huh. for a year. Or no, not a year. Like Nine th- months. The, the four months ago that this movie went into production. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wasn't the... Yeah, wasn't it a crazy turnaround for this movie? Yeah, it's like the Spielberg signed on in March. He got the script in March. Didn't he interrupt a movie he was currently working on to yeah, make this well, movie? Well, probably the so. kidnapping of uh, the new Tony Kushner. Yeah, the new Tony Kushner. But they're not going to do it because they couldn't cast the kid. So they just, just cast the kid. Oh, really? Well, there's a kid on IMDb. Oh, it must just be that like, he put it on hold to make this movie. I think Mark, yeah. I heard it was just off. I heard that Mark Rylance was pulling a parent trap and playing the Pope and oh, the kid. nice. Is what I thought was happening. delightful. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, he's already done him. He's already like mocapped him once in BFG. I know, that would be amazing. There's a lot of BFG in the Spielberg documentary, and one shot of Tintin. <laughs> one shot. Yeah, one which is a shot. crime. It, Tintin there was more hook. Tintin. Than Tintin. There, yeah, I agree. I know. <laughs> Tintin is his. This is not a universally agreed uh, opinion at the table, but Tintin. Tintin is his. <laughs> Tintin is Spielberg's best action film since. Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. I no. I'm just kidding. That movie is actually very handsomely made. Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. I like that movie. I have a. I contend that Spielberg's <laughs> worst movies often have some of the best craft. Um, sure. Lost World has some incredible set pieces. Oh, I think the Lost World is a wonderful movie. It's I so like the stupid. Lost World. It's right, but, but I love it because the set pieces are so confidently mounted, and he's so fluid. Or I'm sorry, fluid and fluent in cinematic language. He's able to give you scenes like Julianne Moore. Um, uh, yeah, in, in, in the van on the side of the cliff, mm-hmm. and then she falls down, and the glass starts to crack. Like that is just cinema, oh, yeah. cinema paradiso, you know. Wow. Ooh, but but it's not a very good movie. IMO. Oh, I like it. But there's she does gymnastics on the dinosaur. <laughs> I don't remember that. Absolute genius. Well, okay, so uh, okay, the daughter. Okay, um, so we all agreed that one of Spielberg's greatest skills as a filmmaker is his ability to capture a lot of information in a oneer. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Tintin is like the prototypical example of this in, well, in Spielberg's late period, the way that he's following like the the letter or, or whatever it is, like floating around in the wind in this one shot that, you know, is digitally created, of course, but it's just zipping all around like this like Monaco type hill and like all these different characters zoom in and out of it and we're just always on like we're following that MacGuffin through the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to watch Tintin. Well, you know what, Brandon? You, rec- can, you can borrow my DVD. Wow, I will. I On your it. recommendation, I've been looking forward to seeing it. I hate it. <laughs> New York. I'm, when you say I hate it, I'm just imagining you're doing like the Liza <laughs> pump now. The Liza. I just hate it. <laughs> I haven't seen it. It um, has to like, movies have to like get past that first hurdle for me to care about the things that you're talking about. Right. But it, but it is there. I don't care. 
But it is there. But I'm not going to agree with it. I'm not saying that you have to like it, but it is there. I'm also not going to agree. Well, War Horse is a movie that you like a lot and I think is so fucking boring. No, I didn't like War Horse. Ugh. Nice. I'd rather fall around. Nice, but it felt derivative. Oh. Everybody's so obsessed with Joey the horse in that movie. It's so laughable. I love that. Everybody I like the, shot, the, I like the shot of the horse's eye. Oh, it's a little on the eye, if you ask me. Love everything about War Horse, even the shitty like first half an hour. Enjoy so, it. Oh yeah. But at least Emily Watson is in that. It's true. As a, uh, as a as a farm wife, and you have a like stupid duck. Like oh the stupid duck around. oh I forgot you have like a babe duck. duck it's so dumb yeah yeah nobody ta- everybody was talking about how great Moana was how fresh it was and the, the fucking chicken. the chicken totally ripped off the warhorse duck which oh, I think wow. is important to put on the record wow yeah warhorse though has the I've definitely I don't know if we've talked about this on the mic before but I've definitely talked with Ben about this but Kaminsky's lighting to me is extremely hit or miss because the way that he just floods scenes with mm-hmm. this faux natural light that ends up looking very um. Uh, uh, like the like an overhead light in an office. Yeah, yeah. Through like bursting through the windows, like mm-hmm. this very like faux reality. And Warhorse, he like feeds the light in from like all four windows, like in that windmill, and just that light doesn't work that way. Drives me crazy. Yeah, sure. it doesn't bother me. But in but in the post, I really loved uh, a lot of the light flooding into those scenes. It's I'm very hit or miss with that. Ah, Munich post. has beautiful light floods. Nice. Lincoln has great light floods. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to rewatch Lincoln. Lincoln is my favorite movie of all time. Wow. That lot. doc got me lit on Lincoln. There's not enough Lincoln in that Daniel movie. Daniel Day-Lewis is very sensual in his interview. Oh, yeah. He, <laughs> he gets the last comment, right? He gets the last comment. He gets the last word. The two and a half hour documentary. The last word with in the whole Daniel movie. Day-Lewis. In the whole movie. Not Lawrence O'Donnell. I don't remember. I believe. I mean, I think so. I, no, I watched it today. He does. He deaf does. He deaf does. Yeah. Yes. He's very sensual in that. Sensual. He's <laughs> Sen- very sensual. sensual in The Phantom Thread. Next week. Mm. <gasps> um, I love the narrative surrounding the post in how timely it is. You mean like how the movie is not actually about what it's about? <laughs> how the movie you mean is... the narrative of how it was made. The narrative of and... how it was made. The narrative of how... You're right. It's, it's, it's about now yeah. while being... It's not about what it's about. Well, it's about it's about uh, the integrity and protections of the free press right. being divorced from the government and that one man in the White House. Whether whether uh, it doesn't even have to be Nixon, but talking about um, it might have been Johnson actually. Um, how uh, the interview with Ellsberg um, on the television when he's talking about how the president. When the president talks about the government as an I statement, then that man becomes the states. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, anyway, these are evergreen ideas when it comes to talking about the American Republic. So I don't yeah, mean right. to be glib. It's not just about now. It's definitely about that story, and it's about principles yeah. of, of America, and, in theory. And that documentary also shined light on... Sorry, I just watched this, so it's very mm-hmm. top of mind. Mm-hmm. But it, Spielberg's interest in the, the power of democracy. Mm-hmm. You see that in Lincoln. You see that in... Well, Lincoln's the only example I can think of. We can discuss that. <laughs> Should we talk length? about the post because, first? Or, oh, okay. Well, Go now ahead. I'm going to have to do this. Is sure. Where the hell was he in the fall of 2016? Where was Spielberg? What he, was he talking about? Who was he supporting? Where was he when Nazis are rising? He was raising in money America? with Katzenberg. Wasn't yeah, he? but he needs to be 
a vocal public figure yeah. on this topic, and it still bothers. I me. think that and, 20... and that seems it seems and, to be that's what he's using this movie, this movie exactly. Twenty seventeen for a lot of sure liberals, including myself, and it is about atoning for your complacency. Mm-hmm. And yeah. how are you going to use your voice? How yeah. are you going to make it not not just make make it heard the loudest, but how do you make the most impact with it? And this is Spielberg atoning for his own complacency. Yeah, that's his, this, this is, is Spielberg's his way of doing it. His, yeah. his megaphone. Here's my Oscar nominated yeah. movie. That's it has going to, to be, be that. people are going to be talking about. I am yeah. going to assemble the greatest ensemble yeah. of TV actors that we, you know. We talk about how people watch more TV than movies now. Like, mm-hmm. it's populated with all your favorite TV actors and, yeah. and, and, like, the Mr. Show guys, which is amazing. Like, David Cross and Bob Odenkirk as investigative mm-hmm. journalists. Like, so great. And Sally Field's protege, Matthew Reese. Mm, what does that mean? That's what it says on on uh, his IMDb trivia. What? Because they really? were brothers and sisters, and she really took to him and, like, took him under her wing. Aw. Mm-hmm. I love that. Sally's a mentor. Mm-hmm. That's sweet. Um... And Bob Odenkirk gives a crushing performance. He's amazing. Yeah, he's very, very good. Is, when, is he, like, is this his Better Call Saul? Like, is he as good in Better Call Saul as he is here? Is he better, he's better here? better Better Call Saul. He has more to do in Better yeah, Call Saul. Well, yeah, there's more. But, like, the yeah. scene where he, the, the lawyer asks, is it the same source as the New York Times? And he's, like, about to cry, basically. Yeah. That He does that in Better Call Saul every scene. Sure, right? yeah. <laughs> I love that scene so much when lawyer Jesse Plemons is trying to get Bob Odenkirk, comma, investigative journalist, to reveal his source. Mm-hmm. Because the scene starts, and Odenkirk is so defiantly tight-lipped. He's talking about how we don't reveal our sources. Mm-hmm. I'm absolutely not going to do it. There's nothing you can say. Right. I, 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 I'm, I'm pretty uh, self-assured on this point. And then the way that he breaks down through the scene to then eventually confirm, like, yeah, it's the same it's guy the same, as, yeah. the ti- as the Times. And yeah. it's a really interesting, like, the way that it's staged. And there are a lot of really interesting, like, power shifts in every scene and, like, who is standing? Who is sitting? Yes. Who is standing where? Where the camera when, when, is in relation to When, when are we looking at Streep and Hanks from above when uh-huh. they're completely out of their element? And then once they've decided to publish, we shoot them from below from yeah. that table. And, mm-hmm. and they are now godlike figures. Yeah. It's, it's really well done. And I think it's like... I Not mean, surprising for Spielberg, who like exclusively speaks in cinematic right. language. Yeah. But I just think it's like the freshest editing Michael Kahn has done and I don't know how long how but great it's just like amazing you mentioned Kahn how great is that moment when Meryl is on the phone, on the, phone. the two shots the two shots of her and it's like she's getting it from one side from oh, Hank she's yeah, getting yeah, it yeah. one side from Lutz mm-hmm. um, or, yes. maybe, or maybe Whitford is that when she, that's when she makes her decision right? yeah. it's not it's on it's on that phone call but it's not <clears> like the moment yeah the yeah. moment is a slow push in. right but it's when they right. had it's when they had to get K on the horn and yes. yeah. the up or down yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that that's my favorite scene in the movie it's, it's a second only to Carrie Coon. What does she say on the phone? She she recites the oh, the, 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 the the justices. Uh, what's it called? Statement. The or statement whatever. decision or the uh, 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 fuck. I feel like an idiot. I know they call the the verdict. No, yeah, but they have the opinion. It, it's an opinion. It's like if you if it's a judge who voted in the minority, it's the dissenting opinion, mm-hmm. and if they voted in the majority, it's the <laughs> fill in the blank. Opinion, <laughs> but I just I just like Carrie Coon on the phone. Two o'clock needs to weigh in here because I have <laughs> as he goes for a sip in his new wine glasses, mm-hmm. um, fresh out of storage. My sister got these for me like five years ago. Oh. So what what did that woman in the theater say? Oh, Carrie, minute. Carrie Coon walks up and <laughs> she she has a lot of swagger. Carrie Coon and she like puts her hand in front of Bed Bradley's door, but the woman behind me was like. 
I love Carrie Coons. <laughs> <laughs> Carrie Coon, queen of yeah. TV. Carrie Coons totally Carrie Coons. underplayed her role in this movie because remember she was asked about this recently. She's like, oh, I, I did like two days on set. I was barely there, and she has probably the second or third She's most substantial. Yeah, yeah, she has quite a few pivotal Female moments because it's Jesse Mueller who's barely in it. But you know, she's pivotal. You know, um, uh, well, if the car horn's on, on the mic, then it's yeah. on the mic. Sarah Paulson gets her Beatrice Strait monologue yeah. in this movie. I didn't like that part. Well, it's very on the nose. Oh, yeah. The, uh, it there, works there, for me. It there, worked for there me. There are a lot of moments for, in this movie for me that were on the nose, but I also realized we're watching a Spielberg Spielberg movie. is our master so, manipulator in the American yes, cinema. So it was forgiven, but the, the, but the Sarah Paulson monologue was a bit much it was also a bit much for me was when Meryl Streep doesn't take the reporter route but she goes the other route where all the, the female yeah I, I actually uh, I love uh, the shot I love it's the shot great but, it, shot. but it is ruined no and I even love the conceit um yeah sure it's extremely obvious um, yes um also I don't think that the steps of the Supreme Court um are segregated by gender <laughs> or were in 1971 <laughs> like but it's one like but you know you know nicely. you're watching a movie and we'll talk about this later I think in relation to Spotlight how the whole you know you're mm. watching a movie the whole mm. time here yes but the thing that ruins the shot for me is right when she moves into this crowd, there's this like 21 year old, like Instagram looking star oh, who just no. raises a solidarity fist with like the limpest <laughs> wrist. But she's doing like she has this like faux like commitment on her face that's, that's like so this funny. matters. So it was ruined by she, a bad she, she, yeah, extra. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, she, she's like squinting like this matters. And it's like oh, you no. are from fucking Hamptons or some shit. That's so funny. While we're talking about these like major moments, I yeah. want to say. Major movie moments. A lot of the major moments in with regard to feminism don't really work for me, but there are so many incredible and well-observed, like, tiny moments, such as when the granddaughter's ball comes into the house and Ben Bradley is holding it and she Like won't... a stress squeezy. Yeah, and he's yep. holding it and he the girl is just standing there waiting to ask... And then my favorite moment in the entire movie is when Carrie Coon is about to read the decision and the man walks out and he reads Screams it ahead of her. Yep. Says, yep. We won. Yeah. I this, thought that one was a little too on the nose. Did you? I, I did. I, I, thought, I, did, I thought it I, was... Sorry, Brandon. Go ahead. I don't know. I, I But I do like there are small moments. Like I like where Sarah Paulson is handing out the sandwiches. Like, yeah. She's fueling their work. Emotional labor, Jean Dielman 101. This movie has so much Jean yep. Dielman. K. Yep. Jean Dielman Graham. This movie is yep. a love letter to the women that actually do the work. Yeah, it's it's the Kathleen Kennedy movie, as mm-hmm. Ben has talked about before. What I love, though, about that moment when Carrie Coon is about to yell mm-hmm. the... Um, uh, the, 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 the the verdict from the Supreme Court and then the guy jumps out is that the moment is still played as celebratory. Mm-hmm. It's actually really complicated because yeah. a man is stepping on her toes and we should be able to recognize that as an audience but everyone in the room like doesn't care right? because they all won. And it's all those like, the movie does a really great way of showcasing all those really like granular um, microaggressions that mm-hmm. men do against women when they're not even trying, like they're not even trying to be yeah, uh, demeaning to them. Right. Yeah, well, it's, it's it's the quote in the movie. Like, it's not that they're being dismissive to us. They just don't see us right. in the room. And when Meryl says to Alison Brie, like, this is just how we thought That's that. what I mean. Yeah. yeah. That's just how we thought that. And there's that moment with Meryl in the boardroom with all the guys, and she, she has the paperwork. She's, she's the one who did the prepared. homework. She did the homework. She did the homework, and she, like, she doesn't speak up when she knows... She has I've, the answer. That's answers. like the most relatable thing I've ever seen is knowing I really like the that answer scene. and not being 
confident enough in yourself to say it alone. That is exactly... Yeah. Honestly, I didn't even put the pieces together until watching the movie today, but that is how I felt very often in classes in college yeah. and in high school, like, as a gay guy. Mm-hmm. And, and especially, like, where I went to school, there was just so much, like, aggressive, like, heteronormativity. And, like, my school was, like, 40% Greek life. Like, just a lot of, like, meatheads in my film studies classes who were just taking it as an elective. And that was my major, and I still felt trepidatious around, like, raising my hand and saying, cries and whispers is blah, 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 you know? Yeah, right. Um, I just want to talk about Meryl. So, Ben... I'm not going to say your great statement for you, but how do you characterize Meryl Streep's performances, uh, you know, the last, like, ten years or so? <laughs> um. <laughs> doing a stretch. <clears throat> then Meryl Streep has been doing drag for 15 years. Yeah, I think that's so apt because she and played... And the peak was Florence Foster, fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> that's a rough one. And so is uh, Doubt is a rough performance. Doubt is rough. Me. Oh, I thought rough. I'd like her in Doubt. I have doubts. I haven't, that performance. I haven't watched I have Doubt. Such doubts. She is ravenous time. in the way she's chewing scenes in that movie. <laughs> I do quote that movie a lot. When she, when I will do what has to be done! <laughs> well, there's. That. I haven't seen that movie since it came out. She quietly <laughs> says, Amy Adams like alludes that there's something going on, and Meryl just goes... So it has happened. Yes. And I say that. <laughs> oh my god. All the time. That, wait, doesn't she like lower her head or like close a window or something? Like <laughs> so. <laughs> like doing the Mr. Burns things mm-hmm. with her fingers. It has happened. So good. Yeah. Wow. Meryl Streep in doubt is basically excellent <laughs> as a ninety-minute line. Yeah, they wanted Fran. And Fran would have been fucking incredible. Fran would have crushed it. Yeah. yeah. But Fran didn't want to do it, or she was already in something. She like... was too busy tending to her radishes or like doing <laughs> experimental Quaker was, plays. Yeah. Was Fran? Oh, I don't know. Wait, um, I want to say, I want to say about Meryl. Mm-hmm. Because she has been doing these broad caricatures, which like I think that with the right performance, it totally works. Like right. her Julia Child, I think, is one of her very best and performances. And The Devil Wears Prada. The Devil Wears Prada. Yeah, she's great. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. this movie, Meryl charts a real arc with this character mm-hmm. from trepidatious, intimidated, and scared to being a superhero. Yeah. I think this movie is a superhero origin story for Kay Graham in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of the trailers and a lot of the advertising around town build it up like she is just a lion from the get-go. Right. And most of the movie is watching her decide how she's going to do the right thing, how she is going to throw away a life uh, where she, she she realizes that she's been manipulated her entire life, and that's why she makes the stand. Right. Um, and also, you know, like the integrity of America or whatever. Uh, Honestly, the I find it very moving. And like yeah. the feminism angle of the story is more important to me than the freedom of the press story. I think it's both. Why yeah. not both that gif? Why it's not just both what, that gif? what I think about when I think about this movie. Sure. Yeah. Because I think about Kathleen Kennedy. And I would. My d- hero and icon. Yeah. I'll just quickly say, and then maybe you want to talk about that. I wanted this movie to be about 15 minutes longer, and I wanted yeah. it all to be K Graham. The shot from the trailer where K is like hovering over the printing. Is not in it's the not movie. in the movie. It should be the final shot of the movie. They yeah. shouldn't go to Watergate. Yeah, I agree with you. Although I do love the Casablanca ending uh, with with Kay Graham and Ben yeah, Bradley walking out, basically saying it's just the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Right. And, and then like, I think Kay should walk up and watch at the and print. look at her work and look then, at the change she's made. Yeah, but I get the the cuteness of going to Watergate. Yeah. at the end, it's a stupid it's clever. Wink. I don't. It's like not it. clever though. I mean, it's it's trying so hard to be. I think it is. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's you're not an asshole, Mark. You're just trying so hard to be. Mm-hmm. Is this movie with its clever little wink of an yeah. ending? Yeah, yeah. That, um, 
just going back to Merle, I, I I was also surprised that it started with her being so meek, meek and yeah. walked all diminutive. Over the table, the chair, the chair. It's when great. She's meeting Ben Bradley because she's late. It's such an yeah. It's such an important beat with her and Tracy lots ahead of time. She's like, can we just run through it one more time? And then she le- she rattles off every possible figure she's gonna need. She's even got the great mm-hmm. lines about like quality uh, drives quality profits. drives profitability. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Is it like we know going into the meeting that she's prepared? I mean, it's it's such a wonderful character introduction that she wakes up in bed. She's got no sleep. She's like, Ugh! like the her mask is falling off her face. Her hands. Yes, and the bed is covered in Work. binders. Yeah. Uh, she's been up all night preparing for this, and it's just a it's a really smart character introduction. It's a classic movie moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I like when she makes her decision. And then she's like, all right, it's been decided. I'm going to bed. And there's a moment. <laughs> yeah, there's so a, there's So you guys saw it more recently than me. What is her line? Doesn't she just say something like, okay, or something? She's, it's like, my decision stands. And I'm going to bed. I yeah, think that's all it is. It's so good. I like oh, the first time right she the... makes the decision on the phone when she's, <sighs> we, we go. <laughs> it's like she's yeah. convincing herself saying it out loud. Yes. We and go. We go. We and go. it's a go great go. close up and it's tighter than Spielberg goes a lot of the yeah, time. it's really close. Um, and just watching Meryl act is a great joy. Not just like watching her do whatever she wants to do, but watching her actually make decisions on her face, which mm-hmm. is one of her greatest gifts that has been wasted. Yeah. For the, I wouldn't say 15 years, but I, is it adaptation your point there? Angels in America. Angels in America, it's sure. Point. But like, I, and it begins with Lemony Snicket. Oh, she's a lot of, she's so fun in that movie, though. I barely remember it. Well, partly because I she was in it's there, not like I, I was such a Meryl scholar at the time, but my impression of Meryl was as very serious and buttoned up and right. um, like very, like all capitals, very serious actress. Right. And to see her play this like cartoonish, batty old spinster, mm-hmm. just in the uh, marketing, I remember thinking was really novel as a child. There, I, I swear to God, she says something like, okay. It just, I think she does. It reminded me that. of you. Like, Ben, you, yeah. It, like, reminded me of something Ben would say. Like, just, I mean, I'm, I really relate to K. Graham. <laughs> and I have a book about K. Graham, actually. Oh. On your um, new bookshelf. Do you know about uh, Truman Capote threw a famous party in 1966, I think? Maybe later. And it was in honor of K. Graham. But he really just wanted to throw a lavish party mm-hmm. on New Year's Eve. I love that. Yeah, so I have a book about that. Because I love Truman Capote. Because I'm such a bossy I'm a delicate bottom. faggot. Yeah. <laughs> a faggot. <laughs> I love spelling it F A G E T, which comes from that tweet. Do you guys know about this? I don't know what Twitter is. Someone, <laughs> someone tweeted a picture. You like that one? Texting with their broker, in, <laughs> and they were texting about like, when can you see this apartment? And then the broker oh, texts yeah. like. Oh, yeah. Mario Cuomo and his brother can come all over my faggot face. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And spells it F-A-G-E-T. Oh, that's where that comes from? <laughs> I like nice the spelling of faggot, like baguette. Like baguette. Uh, like baguette. Yeah. That's always fun. The, like, he's the, a French, delicate, the French faggot. He's a, yeah, a French faggot. You know how you can tell if a faggot is really good? When you squeeze it in the middle, you can hear it crunch. Oh. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I think that's the funniest thing I've ever said. I almost got wine out my nose. <laughs> right all over the Kathleen Kennedy IMDb page. I know, I have a pulled In your up. Bob Fosse book. I know. 
Um, All right, ba- stay on target. Stay well, on target. I just would really like to read Kathleen Kennedy's eight Academy Award nominations for Best Picture. Please do. A, which are which is uh, the most Best Picture nominations anyone has ever received. And when I saw the trailer for this movie, I was like, "This is a love letter to Kathleen Kennedy," and I don't think I'm wrong having seen the movie. And they are E.T. The Color Purple. And then here we have a nice 14-year period where she doesn't get one because she's running Amblin, and by some weird like. It's, it's not the rules of the PGA, but it's standard, like accepted. She does. She doesn't not get. She doesn't get the nomination for if Schindler's she, List. Mm, okay. She is an executive producer on Schindler's List because she was producing Jurassic Park at the same time, even though she did the same amount of work on both movies. The the best one two punch of the nineties. Uh, I mean, so then or maybe ever. I don't know. We have the Sixth Sense, Sea Biscuit, <laughs> Munich, Ben Button, Warhorse, and Lincoln. And now she's running Lucasfilm, so it'll probably never happen. Right. But. Well, you never know. The last Jedi. No. She's my hero. <laughs> I look up to her. Everything I know about her. <laughs> she suffers no fools. She gets things done. She's amazing. She's amazing. And I do think that after, you know, 40 years of working with her, Steven Spielberg finally made a movie paying homage to this woman that has, like, made his life so has much has been easier. responsible for the emotional labor of his career mm-hmm. yeah. kathleen jean dealman kennedy yeah yeah um Absolutely. and i hope that she felt that when she watched it How since she she's not it? working with him anymore and spielberg has always had female producing partners so it's all of them christy krieger is the current one who was assistant for like 20 years um he just it's like his relationship with his mom, as they talk about in the documentary. Lovely. Yeah. It's just like he Lovely. Yeah. communes. She seems like such a fun, like, free spirit. They're like five sisters or whatever. Yeah. You got Amy. You got... Well, not Amy was his first wife. I couldn't keep track there. Yeah, so I was like, another know. sister? What is this, the fighter? I know. Um, I was like, yeah. what is happening? I, I'm like, I, that's not his sister. I think that's Conan O'Brien's sister, actually, <laughs> who played one of the sisters of the fighter. Nice. Moving on. I didn't know that. We both said nice. <laughs> nice. Um, I quite enjoyed. I, I quite enjoyed the Spielberg documentary. Yeah. Also directed it's by just, a woman. It's just nuts. Yes. yes. I, I it really... doesn't go deep, but I. It's no, it's just a nice, a nice overview. It's just a nice. Overview. It's a nice retrospective. Yeah. It reminds it's a primer. you of his mm-hmm. works. It's a nice primer. Yeah. But it's. I. I feel weird even rating it on Letterboxd because it's not a movie. movie. Right. <laughs> it's barely a I movie. Agree. Yeah. It's. 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 It's a. It's what you will show in like a film. I gave it three and a half, course. and then three, and then I'm keeping it there. I had right. a great time watching it, but right. it's not a film. No, it's, you're having a great time because you're looking at Spielberg's works, and mm-hmm. yeah, it's just incredible to me that he did Jurassic Park after Schindler's. He List. did them this, yeah, in the same year. He right. would be filming Jurassic Park, go back to the hotel, and edit Schindler's List. And how Wild. do you maintain such an even keel that you can go make your fun dinosaur movie mm-hmm. while? editing the most depressing look on humanity. Yeah. Although I guess, I mean, I haven't seen Schindler's List, but I guess the whole story is about, like, the it, it's a story, like, of human triumph within yeah. the biggest moral failing yeah, of humanity. Yeah, he saved... But, like, they shot inside of Auschwitz and shot... Yeah, that's several... Yeah. Unbelievable. Like, like, weeks of murders inside of Auschwitz. I so. almost started crying watching the documentary. I, I didn't know that it flashes forward to the real... Or the oh, real yeah. List. Yeah. The ending. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was getting really emotional. Yeah. I can't believe you haven't seen that. It's fucked up. It's just... I mean, it is, you're right, like, when are you going to sit down and watch Schindler's List? Yeah. And it's like, I took a Spielberg class, so I've seen it. 
it was the night Spielberg came and did a Q&A with the class and it was like we had a th- like a two and a half hour Q&A and then we had to watch Schindler's List and we were there till like 1am that sounds great it was very rough though yeah it just it was a big night that's a big <laughs> well, night capital B I remember when I was maybe 11 or 12 years old my best friend at the time for some reason was working on a holocaust project for school I, I feel like I would have been doing one too but he was doing one nonetheless and we hung out like the next day in the afternoon. Um, what the next day? He watched Schindler's List the night before with his mom at like eleven or twelve years old. And when I met up with him the next day to like hang out and have fun, he was in. He looked like the. He looked like a ghost. Right. Like he had seen the he was the wrecked. Ho- yeah the the most difficult viewing experience of his life at eleven or twelve. And so that it was always. I'm just realizing now that was sort of my formative entry point to Schindler's List was like yeah. this movie took my friend's soul away. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it has some of the most, like, devastating poetic imagery yeah. that he has ever done. And it's, like, it's incredibly, it is manipulative. And I know a lot of people that have criticism of the manipulation of it. That's Spielberg's genius. That's, yeah. that's what he does. But yeah, that's it's, like, tied card. into this, like, docudrama style that was the first time that he used he it. He used that, handheld, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought that was really interesting. I did, too. That... And he uses handheld in the post. He does. The post looks more like a movie, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. But list. but there, yeah. And I can't. I guess I can't compare right. the two. The dress she wears in the Supreme Court is so casual. Meryl Meryl's <laughs> costumes go from opulent to casual throughout the whole thing, and as as she becomes more like down to brass tacks and focused on the task at hand, and not so much um, keeping up appearances yeah. in the in the hoi polloi, um, her costumes become more uh, focused. Uh, less um, ostentatious, like m- more functional, mm-hmm. which I love as a choice. She starts wearing plaid. She wears that she paisley top, and I gasped in the theater. Yeah, that was uh, a good one. It was a really good top. Um, the scene in the party when the, she's interrupted by the phone call as she's giving the speech for her friend, it reminded me of Shonda Rhimes said in an interview once, like, the day that I met my daughter's piano recital is the day that something monumental happens on set and the day i'm on set is the day of my daughter's piano recital and the movie does a great job of showing how k graham wanted to be a mother she was interested in her children's lives she was interested in being their caregiver and that she never thought that this would be part of her life running the being the publisher of the washington post and the movie does a great job of showing especially in that scene with bradley in the ball when she gives the, when she's like, give, give my daughter or give my granddaughter, whatever, her ball back. Mm -hmm. Like how, you know, there's this whole narrative about like, um, like women in the workplace from this time, like we can have it all. Yeah. Um, well, I'm sorry. Yes. But like this idea that you can be one or the other. And this movie does a really good job of like threading the needle to be like, women can want both. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's not just a matter of like, I'm, not interested in the kids. I'm only going to have a career or the opposite of that. The movie does a really good job of showing that you can have it all. The scene, basically Meryl's Oscar clip when she's in the bed. Yeah. And she gives that speech. That is basically what Daniel said where mm. she wants, she has both. And she just never considered that she could have a business. Yeah. Because what? She's like 60 in the 70s mm-hmm. or older. Who knows? So she was like our age in the thirties. She no one thought no most people that. were working. Yeah. Was it shot on digital? I couldn't tell. I think it was shot on digital. Yeah. 
I don't know. It I looks thought it was. I, whether it was shot on film or in digital, Spielberg shot it in a newsboy cap. The best. Have we all seen that photo? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. The best thing, thing about the post is the directing. Mm-hmm. Every shot. Every Not placement every sh- of the camera. I appreciate that this movie is uh, is a handsomely mounted movie that knows it's a movie at all times, based on the lighting of everything, based on uh, the jokes, the jokes, ba- the, the little girl with the lemonade stand. Mm-hmm. Like I love that bit. I love it too, and it yeah. and it, it is it's so lame, but that's mm-hmm. sort of the point. It's the, Spielberg. The movie is a delivery system for resistance when it comes to defending the free press. I've always wanted to be part of a small rebellion. Oh, and the, oh my God! The the uh, the scene when Ben Bradley is tossing out all the local regional papers mm-hmm. onto the table oh, for K. Graham, and I that's when we get that. the shot that I mentioned earlier from below. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's from those papers' points of view, and they are looking up to them because they set the example. Yeah. And going back to you were saying, Brandon, yeah, like every shot in this movie is pretty much it, it is it is done with intention. Yeah. I think there's a the, couple of overhead shots that are unbalanced, but for the most part, I'm way on. Board. I love the suspense of like making the print blocks Mm -hmm. yes that's one of my favorite things the printing press stuff i wish there was more of it it's so fucking hot it is so fetishistic i've never been spiraling newspapers amazing it's probably the most cinematic move about journalism ever yes yes and no yes and no yes and no because i don't think this movie is about the nitty-gritty manila envelope no. of it all when it comes to journalism. This movie is about a free press. This is about right. this is about the fourth estate. Spotlight is cinematic. Uh, what it else do we like about the post? what it's trying to do. That is Spotlight. Are we talking about this are we talking about Spotlight yet? Let me say something about Spotlight. <laughs> <laughs> this dude she fucks. I love Spotlight. Ben does not. Spotlight is trying to do something different. Spotlight is about the work. Spotlight is has a workmanlike quality. It's a it's 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 about people interviewing, working their sources. It's it's about the it's about process. Going, hmm, that's interesting. <laughs> that's so dismissive. It's, it's the, <laughs> yeah, it's the, it was. It's the process the point. of I know Ben. <laughs> it's the process of journalism without the showmanship. It's so unassuming in what these these folks are doing. They're right. just they're just doing their job. There is there and that's what I and the, and the cumulative impact by the end by when you realize what they have done and they don't even realize what they've done until the phones start ringing off the hook and spotlight 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 cuts to black. It's which is it's, it's a great movie ending. moment. I, love I agree that with ending. everything you're saying that this movie really celebrates the work the the workhorse um, uh, uh, and Rachel McAdams khakis. She also weeps while loading the dishwasher. And Mark Ruffalo eats uh, pizza while on his laptop. You know, and he I never takes his hand out of his pockets even when he sits down. Okay, can I we... haven't revisited this movie since 2015. Maybe it doesn't hold up. Myself. It didn't hold up in the moment. Okay. I love Spotlight. I'm taking control of the podcast. Something I've never done before on the podcast. You are the captain now? I... <laughs> I'm de-captain now. <laughs> okay, I br- agree with everything Brandon I like is saying. I rolling good time a lot. Amazing. Uh, Sorry. <laughs> holding for room tone? <laughs> okay, I agree with everything Brandon says, that this movie celebrates the, uh, the, uh, 
limitless drive you have to have as an investigative journalist to properly do your job, the patience and resolve. But there is so much style going on in Spotlight that nobody really talks about. Every single group shot when they are when they are brainstorming together how best to crack this case is dirty. The camera is ingratiating itself with you. You become the seventh, sixth member of the team, and it is because of the camera placement. Tom McCarthy is placing his camera just as intentionally to to build a uh, an audience perspective that Spielberg is too. And the other thing is that Spotlight is so much more about the way that in, that journalists take the story home. There's that great thing with the guy who played Shrek on Broadway. I think it is what that guy did. The, the only Leo Butts. No, that's not Norman that's, Leo. No, Butts. no. Um, um, <laughs> he was the original Fiero from Wicked. Correct. But when uh, when he finds out that one of the pedophile priests lives like a block away from oh, his I love house, that scene. the movie is about how the story never ends. They're, like you, you are not working from nine to five. You, you. Not, it's not just the work that you take home. It's that in your private life. The work has completely infiltrated your way of thinking. It goes back to Michael Keaton and his uh, best friend, who is uh, who eventually gives him that great lead at the end of the movie, but who has been willfully right. um, he silent yeah. about the, abu- the abuses in the Catholic Church. Um, Spotlight is a masterpiece and doing so much um, in atypical ways when it comes to journalism movies. And the camera has a real point of view. And I just have to say that because no one ever talks about the camera in Spotlight. Everybody just talks about the hard work that they do, which is... So compelling, I think. Um, now that we've disagreed a lot, I'll say I actually do like Spotlight a lot. I just wanted to play this role for this podcast. Um, oh, what the fuck? Um, Ben's in drag, everybody. I think. Wow, in drag is a Meryl's greatest. Hate. I think the script is a B minus. I think the direction is an A plus. Oh, great. Levels out to like a B. Now, was the post written by by Josh Singer who wrote yeah, Spotlight? Exactly. No, he rewrote the script that was Macar- on the blacklist. But McCarthy co-wrote it with him. Or. Mm-mm. Not this. No, 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 no. Oh, I know. Spotlight. Spotlight. Yeah. But okay. But this goes to the point that like Spotlight and the Post are two different movies. Yeah. Two completely sets of objects. Yeah. Blah 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 blah. There is a common screenwriter on the movie, so yeah. you can't really say that like Spotlight does it with a with a perspective that the Post just simply can't conjure up. Right. That perspective is baked into the DNA of the Post, but it is more about separation of powers with journalism yeah. as the fourth but, estate. Like to your point, the Post has a j- different objective. <laughs> You're very lit. Yeah. It has a different objective than Spotlight. Yes. Mm-hmm. So. Spotlight is about journalism. The and post, the post is about the about, free press. The po- yeah, exactly. And democracy. Yes. And feminism and women <laughs> and in the workplace. And feminism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Feminism. And dictators in the White House and how that mm-hmm. actually, like, obviously Trump is the, uh, tr- Trump is his own version of evil and his own version of totalitarianism, but the movie is saying in a way that our, our, this is a weird word to use, but like that our president's reputations haven't been unimpeachable when it comes to acting out of their own self-interest right. to save face mm-hmm. over um, the actual uh, information that needs to go out to the people. Yeah. My audience applauded at a moment in the movie, and I can't remember what it was. Did your... Did <laughs> mine your, did when a few went to bed. Yeah, mine did too. And, all, and, was, all, and also, maybe it was when she went to bed. When she called Bradley Whitford by his name, my uh, yeah, audience got my audience. Sad. The woman who loved Carrie Cones said, "Good for her. <laughs> Get it, girl." Um, she did that. But my it's... audience also really reacted at the end. Kay just like quietly says, "Like I could never live through this again." Got a nice, got a good, a knowing lot. chuckle. It got a good yes. hearty haha yes. for my crowd as well. Yes, a big hearty. Ha ha. Guffaw from the audience for that one. 
Um, the second half of this movie is such a crowd pleaser. Yeah. And I wish it works the, like clock. I wish the first half was as good. <laughs> That's my. What? You, what but, hold it? on, hold on. You you just said as good. Like, like Winona Ryder says, did you suck his cock in Black Swan? <laughs> that's, that's what you sounded not, like. Okay, not as good is the wrong phrase for that. It's just, I don't even, like, I have no, like, quality differentiation. Well, the, I agree with Brandon in that the back half really moves. Well, the moves, back half, but... it, the first half wasn't grabbing me. And I don't know, but then it's again, I don't know what table needs setting. to change. I don't know it's what. It's table setting. It's saying this yeah. is the position K is in. This is who Bradley is as an editor. This is how K relates to the board. These are the journalists that we have around here. This is the relationship yeah. that the Post has with the Times. Like, the first act of the movie, as any act, first act of any movie, is just table setting. It's yeah. establishing the rules. So and that without that first half, the second half wouldn't be. And are you bored right, with, like, like the, the wedding? Are you not entertained? Thing? No, the wedding thing, I, I get it. It's, right. it's 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 setting up their situation. It's actually a great. Uh, 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 I, there's a collusion joke that I can't figure out here, but it, it marries the two uh, themes of the movie in regards to feminism and like the free press. Yeah, and and the, f- the whole first half where the the Washington Post is is banned from reporting this is so timely, so Trumpian. It's very Trumpian. So that. Yeah, and, that works. Yeah, for me. I don't care if this movie is broad around the nose. Like this is a it is a bitter pill to swallow on Spielberg coats it in sugar. Mm-hmm. And as he does. As he does, as he is wont to do. And it reminds and audiences me of, are gonna be like audiences will take their medicine with this movie. I think movie. it's very commendable that it only has two endings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Usually his movies have at least six. Yeah. <laughs> this movie has two. It's only a hundred and fifteen minutes. Yeah, Warhorse had a baker's dozen. Yeah. Oh Jesus. But it kind of reminds me for everyone. If you don't like the last one, another <laughs> there's one's another coming. coming. <laughs> That's great. And the way it sugarcoats uh, a, a tough story is similar with movie magic. I'm not saying he with he's diminishing magic. the import yeah, yeah, yeah. of his themes and no, his no, no, message, no. but but he he adds his magic. It reminds me a lot of Color Purple, which I just watched for the first mm-hmm. time. Um, and in the documentary, they there were critiques that he. He he dulls the edges of Alice Walker's book, which specifically is, around Celia and uh, sexual relationship, which is yeah. true. But yeah. it he adds, but the movie his... works on his its own. I think. Yeah, yeah. I I, I, agree. I have so many notes, and I still give it four stars on Letterboxd. Like, why does he feel the need to inject slapstick comedy in the first act of the movie? Why sure. is Quincy Jones like? Uh, really optimistic sounding score playing while Seely and Nettie are being separated uh, for life. Like the so much, I, I disagree with so many choices in the movie. Oh, see, but that scene is so like powerfully moving. I don't now. find it. I, I find without the score, it's beautifully staged. It's impeccably acted. It's incredibly moving. The music doesn't match at all. Interesting. And I think the I score, disagree. the score is beautiful on its own. And a lot of these scenes, I think, are beautiful on their own. But together, it's just like peanut butter and soap. I thought it worked. <laughs> peanut butter and soap. I love it. I just love that movie. I, I, it, yeah, it works it, because Whoopi is so good. I know. Whoopi, so holy Oprah's shit! Those two performances, I was Margaret Avery. Oh yeah. I mean the whole. Yeah. I mean all of the performances. The whole are just, movie. I, I don't like I'm Danny so Glover's good. like redemptive thing at the end. No, I that, that hasn't aged well. Yeah. No. Well, in 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 in, no. in Walker's novel, we find out that Albert or what's his name. Albert, Mister, Mister. That, that that Mister did play some role mm-hmm. in in delivering Nettie, Nettie the letter. Home. Yeah, but if you're gonna cut it, you can cut that. Yeah. yeah, I also think that Walker does it with much more sensitivity. Obviously, right? 
Sure. It's a great, great book. <laughs> it's the book I've read more yeah. than any other. Didn't remember the slapstick elements from the, the book. book. Yeah. They... Harpo just keeps falling from the ceiling. <laughs> Boing! Like the two by four. Oh it's God. almost like um, in the Simpsons, the Cape Fear episode, when with the, the with, the, with the rakes and Sideshow Bob, like, stop! <laughs> like Harpo, anytime he's like on a roof, it's like, it's gonna fall through. He's gonna fall. He's a clumsy motherfucker. Uh, when like... Seely tells Harpo to just hit Oprah. I forgot what Oprah's name is. Sophia. Um, Sophia. Sophia. And then she comes for her in the field, in the oh. cornfield. Oh, yeah. Ugh. I thought all my I life. All my life. Ugh, so good. I like when Whoopi smiles. Mm-hmm. Oh, what? what the, magical. See, I can't help but give this movie four out of five stars on Letterboxd, even though I was actively working against the movie for the first half. That, you know, like, Brandon has that moment in Shape of Water. When I see Seely smile in the mirror, I'm like, mm-hmm. this is one of the best images I've ever seen in that's, a movie That's ever. when I decided to give it a five. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I was yes. like, and yep. It's I'm a good. magical viewing experience for it me. It really is. And the ending... It just wins it's, me. It's it very, me. It's I'm... very picturesque. Mm-hmm. Probably to, to a fault, but it works for me. When she's reading against the sunset, when oh, there's the, but this... the purple flowers... And I think it is really there's sensitive a lot of... to race relations. Like he, Spielberg... Given the time, surrounded... given the perspective, absolutely. He and, and, surrounded yes. himself with the right people That's to make right. this movie. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I couldn't help but he think... He was nervous. Through the first mm-hmm. act... Even though he's really making some beautiful images here, um, and and at times he's like he has like his seventh seal shot with like the silhouettes on yeah. the mountain, mm-hmm. and he also seems to be like harkening back to like old silent films with like the sepia tone. There's a lot kind of, of John Ford. In that a lot movie. of John Ford, totally. With like you the can big see orange Mr. sky face, and the, the wind. The rest of the window is fogged out. It's just oh, that's amazing. Like an iris. Yeah, it, it's 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 beautifully shot, um, and. That's that's Spielberg, you know. Yeah. That, that that's what he brings to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But of course, the whole time I was thinking, like, I would so much rather. Uh, we were just talking about D. Reese, who is D. so Reese good at version. portraying the interiority of her of her characters who are on the mm-hmm. outside. It's like, I had that thought would too. so much rather. I like as good as Spielberg's vision is. It's it's inherently I inferior needs to remake yeah. it. And I think yeah. it's apt for remaking in this climate. Yeah, I agree. D. Reese would be a great candidate be, to do it. I yeah. think the best choice. Um, just because I I want to see Barry Jenkins the color purple too. Yeah, it would be Ooh, honestly fun, talk yeah. about interiority. Yeah, that would yeah, be amazing. Yeah, it's it's ripe for a remake. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. As much as I like it, it's just like this is not his story. It wasn't, and he kind of knew it wasn't his story to tell. He was brave to take it on at the time. He definitely and Quincy Jones was the one who convinced yeah. him to do it. Mm-hmm. And it, the reason he did it was because he wasn't being taken seriously. Wasn't yeah. this his first sort of serious? Yeah, it was movie. That was his first. It Oscar one. It is the most nominated movie to win zero Academy Thirteen Awards. nominations. Eleven. Eleven. Which is tied I with thought Whoopi the won. turning point now. Whoopi won for Ghost. Roger Ebert. Nice. Roger Ebert said in his review that this is your winner for Best Actress. He did say that. I read yeah. his review. Whoopi should have won. I don't. Let's look. That let's up. look it up. Who won? Um, I also. I think Mag Zave should have won too. I rewatched E.T. today for uh, the first time in I don't know decades. Uh, Spielberg has always had this anti-authoritarian streak. Yeah, of course I cry. I was like... I can't watch the movie. I can't think about it without crying. It's... There is... You can't tell, but tears are just silently streaming down Ben's face (laughs) right now. It's a lot to unpack. Geraldine Page won for The Trip to Bountiful. Bountiful. That was just like... She's overdue. Overdue. I just just didn't remember. Maybe it's because I was a kid. It's not fair that that ever happened to Deborah Carr. There's a lot to unpack in E.T. Sorry, yes, Brandon. There also is. a Truth to Power <laughs> movie. No, no, I'm sorry. 
truth to power. Yes. Yeah. Yes. No one wants to believe that E.T. is good. They just want to study him. They want to study him. Sounds like Shape of Water. Elliot knows, and he's going to let him free. God. Uh, The scene where E.T. is dead, and Elliot is speaking to him, and he's like, I can't feel anything anymore. Yeah. So I know you're dead. I... For, I didn't. I, I totally forgot about the Ellie getting drunk scene, mm. and it like matches what the old romance movie that ET's watching. Yeah, on the, the Quiet Man. Yeah, that. I mean, yeah, I I did not rewatch it. I didn't have time. I've of course seen it before, but this sounds very close to Shape of Water in a lot of ways. It um, is. Just like the yeah. only person sees the creature for who they are. This, yeah. this uh, very explicit mimicking of old Hollywood. Um, that's very fair. Yeah. I also uh, Stranger Things owes a lot to ET. Oh yeah. More, more, way more than I realized. Yeah. The bikes. The bikes. The bikes. They ride bikes that entire fucking show. I watched season two over the break. <sighs> what a waste of my goddamn time. Yeah, I watched like three Sing episodes. Sing more fucking slump. I didn't even finish the first season. Same. I'm not interested. I, Second season. When I watched it, good. I was just like, I have ET. Like, I don't need this. I don't need this. I, I actually quite this. enjoyed the first season. Second a lot season of people did not work for I me. I feel like a no lot of fan service. Season. A lot of fan service. It's, that it's ruined... the Glee problem. This is my biggest problem with second seasons of shows is when they stop being about their ideas and they start being about themselves. Yeah. It, it was and a... 30 Rock actually has the greatest season about this. Like the, the penultimate season is an, I read it as an in-joke about self-referential, mm-hmm. like the self-referential uh, manner in which shows eventually engage at a yeah. certain point. When they run out of ideas, they yeah. lean back on their old ideas. Yeah. And I think that's what then, like the entire penultimate season of 30 Rock is about. That whole show is so meta about its yeah. conventions with the sitcom. Yeah. Um, so, um... So the Post. Steven Spielberg the directed Post. a motion picture called The Post. <laughs> Originally entitled The Papers. Yeah. It does not star Zach Woods as Daniel Osberg, but... I think The Post is a better title than The Papers. I do, too. It's about The Post. It's, it's about, about the free papers. press. Okay, so... Um, oh, I, I'm not going to have any other opportunity to say this, so while I'm talking about Ellsberg and these papers, I really love the sequence of Ellsberg smuggling out the papers, specifically the scanning of the documents as a device and then cutting to the archival footage. I just think it's very smart visual storytelling. Mm -hmm. And we follow the briefcase full of papers in the same way that we follow the flying letter in Tintin or whatever Mm -hmm. it is. Uh He is like... Scorsese knows how to shoot insert shots. When Scorsese cuts to an insert, like you, your heart skips a beat. Like mm-hmm. there's something about like the precise framing, and and he doesn't cut to many of them, so like they're automatically important. Or and Tarantino actually has a similar relationship with inserts. But Spielberg, um, if there's an insert, he's going to find a way to like feature the character in some sort of way. Like mm-hmm. when we get the insert of Odenkirk uh, at the phone booth, like dialing the numbers, then we get his reflection in it or right. whatever. Uh-huh. Otherwise, Spielberg is just going to capture inserts in the water. Mm-hmm. And he's so good at and, and insert shots. It is like they exist to say shot. that exactly. Yeah. And inserts exist to say that this object primarily matters, mm-hmm. or this handshake matters, or whatever. And Spielberg is just so good at capturing it in a one or without making it so like he doesn't like move the camera in and then move it right back out. Right. He he just uh, <laughs> in the same way that like Mad Max Fury Road always has a perfectly centered shot, and that's what drives the propulsive action and the cutting. Like, Spielberg has a similar principle, I think. Whether or not it's directly in the middle of the shot, we know exactly where our eye goes at all time. And that's what makes him such a master of the form. Yeah. I mean, and you see this in Duel, which I just watched for the first time. Yeah. And there's a a couple things uh, in Duel that I want to talk about, but I'll just say one to keep it on point of the post. 
but I think that there's a great shot in this movie where um, Hanks is driving into the uh, crowd of protesters for the first time. Mm-hmm. That sounds like a Tiananmen Square thing. He's not driving into the crowd of protesters, <laughs> but he's driving through them. And we start on the rearview mirror with his down. eyes. Yes, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I haven't seen it, so I was like, oh my. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I'm talking no, about the post. The post. When... Tom Hanks drives, and we st- he's he's in the oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, not Tiananmen Square, <laughs> much more chill. Does the guy in dual mow, mow well, down protesters? <laughs> it's the other way around. It's um, a chase scene the whole movie. Yeah, Mad it's great. Mad, it's very really original. It's so fucking good, I and it's all about toxic movie. masculinity. Mm-hmm. I liked um, on the doc when they talk about the truck dying. I was very intrigued. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just have to finish what I'm saying. Sorry. No, it's, I, this is the format of our show is <laughs> tangential talk, and talking we over yell each other. At each other. Yeah. <laughs> um, Hello. It's me. Just ring, ring, meow. <laughs> Ooh. The, the, <laughs> so basically, the pullback, <laughs> the pullback from the rearview mirror of Hanks's eyes, um, and then we see the crowd of protesters. Hanks, Hanks not Tom Hanks. What right? the fuck does that mean? <laughs> Tom Hanks, the Tom Hanks. Hanks is in Duel. <laughs> He's talking about the post. Oh, I thought you were talking about Duel. <laughs> No, the, if only the actor in Duel was Tom Hanks, because he's That's sort of the I weakest thought. link. Um, I know, I basically, the, Spielberg is able to convey tension in his first movie ever by watching the character's eyes in the rearview mirror mm. and sort of pulling back with the camera and messing yeah. around with the with the movement, um, but using that as like an establishing device for he a scene. He does it in Munich, right? Probably. Yeah. We haven't seen it, Brandon. <laughs> But I saw a clip in the documentary. In the documentary. There was a rear view mirror shot. Yeah. Munich is just like... Sorry, I keep cutting you off. <laughs> it's honestly a nice welcome change of pace. <laughs> Munich is so beautiful. Just I can't the, wait to the watch cinematography it. cinematography of it. Did you finish your point? <laughs> well, I don't think it... Yeah, I did. I mean, I, all I was going to say is that Duel and the Post used the rear view mirror and a car as an establishing shot. Got it. But I will move us to another topic if we want. Great. So Tom Hanks is great in this movie, I think. And... Who's seen so, Bridge of Spies? Sorry. I have. <laughs> I like Bridge of Spies. It's fine. I haven't seen it. I can't wait to watch it. It's a good movie. Ooh, it's, yeah, it's not bad. Right, anyway. Mark Ryland has a joyful twinkle in his eye. I'm going to watch Mark Ryland's... <laughs> Dunkirk! An Academy Award winning twinkle in his eye. That's all yeah. he does. But it's amazing. <laughs> I can't wait to watch Mark Ryland's... Would it help? The BFG. <laughs> I kind of wanted to watch the BFG after watching this. A lot of clips dog. of the BFG in that doc. Well, that great thing where the girl like the jumps BFG. out of the window and then BFG captures her in the hands. And, the, and, and again, fluid camera movement. Like, BFG's it's, it's, really it's a wonderful tilt. Enjoyed it. Is Ready Player One going to be garbage? I think it's yes. incapable it's be of being fine. garbage. I think it's going to fucking suck. Why? Do, do I don't you, think it can suck. Why do you cast him? hottest, most talented twink working today... <laughs> Ty Sheridan, and then have him be an anime character for half the movie. Well, that's a personal problem for you. It's a yeah, <laughs> and a universal problem for all. If gays. I was I, if I was my own personal shopper, I would not pick it out of the store. I'll just say that that choice. <laughs> Tom I'm Hanks trying to turn that into a Kristen Stewart joke, and I'm struggling. that was the Kristen Stewart joke. How personal I just, shopper? Personal no, shopper. I know, but it wasn't really specific. I was just gonna add to it. Let's just talk about. Would it be more specific shopper. if I was like drinking vodka alone and trying yes. on a, um, a harness? The best oh, scene of the year. I can't wait to buy that Criterion and rewatch it. Have you started Twin Peaks, by the way? No, Twin Peaks. Blu-ray... Sorry, I keep meaning to ask you this. Twin Twin Peaks: The Return. Twin Peaks: The Return. I have not, and I can't wait. I'm probably gonna start it this week. There was a hot guy in the first episode. I hot? watched the first episode. Who was the hot? He dies. He gets face hot. <laughs> <laughs> we was, don't really know that was a good what happens, but his face is eaten off. And doesn't something. he? He it's never, he never comes back. He never comes back. No. Great. You were making a point. 
20 topics ago. I was just going to say, you know, that Tom Hanks is doing a bigger performance here than he's done in a while. He's got a really hammy Boston accent. It is. Wow. He's, he is, but he the first time we meet him, he like stamps out his cigarette a hundred yeah. times in like a kind of sort of distracting way. But uh, but that scene in the car when he is alone, you actually see how scared Ben Bradley is and how vulnerable he actually is and how perf- like the that performance feels very performative. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Ben Bradley is constantly performing for his troops as a leader. Right. When we see him alone, he's much more vulnerable. And then when he and Kay Graham eventually get closer as the movie goes on, he starts to show his hand a little bit more. Right. God. Oh my God. When in their first brunch meeting, when he's like. When he cuts her off and yeah. it's like, don't stick your finger in my eye, Kay. Oh, I like that first scene. And then I do too. Yeah. My favorite Meryl acting tick when she goes like this and she like pats her breast like uncomfortably. <laughs> do you know the, the, and she's like, mm. whenever she does that. I like I, when she holds the pillow. Yes. The comfort mm. pillow. Anytime, anytime she gets all she sort of like. She sits down and takes it immediately. Whenever she gets like insecure and fidgety and a little scared, I think about this line in Fantastic Mr. Fox when she goes, oh, Foxy. <laughs> that's like Aww. what rings in my head every time that's she does funny. it on screen. Oh, that's such a good point. I can't no. wait for Isle of Dogs. We Sorry. are not other, talking about um, Isle of Dogs on the post episode. The, the other not. Meryl tick I love is she has her finger on one side of her mouth and then it moves to the other as she's thinking. Oh, very. Yeah. I've noticed uh-huh. that like when she thinks, she seems to be chewing at the same time. I'm like, she's literally chewing over. Yeah, she exactly. This a ben, lot. ben is sticking his finger in his mouth. It's uh, <laughs> very Meryl. Chewing a nail, if you will. You have to describe what you're doing. This is a. I know. It's an audio. Audio. Medium, but I'm just going to do it and then you can. Just for us. It. I'm happy to be the narrator. Narrator. <laughs> Okay, favorite supporting performance in the movie? Carrie Coon. Odenkirk. Bob Odenkirk. Okay. Carrie Coon. Okay. Carrie Here's Cones. a better idea. Here's Carrie a better idea. Carrie Coons. <laughs> Carrie Coons. <laughs> I'm just imagining. I love her on the phone. Ring, ring. Hello. The verdict is in. Meow. Meg Greenberg. I'm thinking about, when, when I hear Carrie Coons, I think about that scene in Toy Story 2 when Buzz Lightyear is carrying a cone across the screen. <laughs> Um, okay, no, so no... Let's talk about Pixar. I'm just gonna... So no, 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 no Carrie Cohn, <laughs> no Bob Odenkirk, like, none of the... Those are the top-tier supporting performances. Sure. Who, like... I'm Jesse talking, Mueller. I'm, I'm talking about... So, yeah, Jesse Mueller. I'm gonna go with Jesse Plemons. Okay. Jesse Plemons is good. As the annoying lawyer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who's yours? Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Mm. Jesse Mueller has like two <laughs> lines of dialogue and she's just like wiping the floor. She's the she's the one that gets banned from the wedding. Yeah, that's another oh, Jean Dillman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like at the end Judas! Like, the camera just like whips by her and she's like, no more stories about shoes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like just like a throwaway. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, and yeah. which Spielberg is capturing in this great mm-hmm. fluid wonder. I like Bradley Whitford a lot. I'm just done with him. Okay, but like, he he's playing the he's he's playing the self satisfied obnoxious white liberal like mm-hmm. to a to perfection now. Like he is 
He's like, I know, I'm just bored with it. Like, but I, does, like, I, I find it so, yeah, but I find that's, it, yeah, I find true. it to be compelling in that um, Josh Lyman on the West Wing is like a Poe Dameron character. Like right. he is, he is admired for his headstrong qualities, mm-hmm. for um, for willing to go against the grain in order to make the point that on behalf of all of humanity and and, and uh, specifically to Lyman like liberal causes. Right, and I like that. His the characters he's being cast as now in like Cabin in the Woods, Get Out, this it shows that like that guy is actually really fucking obnoxious yeah. and like possibly evil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, Josh, Josh, I love Josh Lyman. Josh Lyman's great. I just think it's really compelling that his sign he is sort of uh, poisoning his signature role. He's mm-hmm. subverting it now, yeah. which I think is really interesting. Yeah, I, that's fair. Do you guys find it? Um, did you notice how Bradley never calls Kay by her given name? The name given to her by her K. He always calls her Catherine. Until later in the film, her name is Catherine. I know, but she goes by, by K. K. Right. That's oh, he only. It's calls it's, her... it's sort of like when an angry father would right. talk down to their Catherine. daughter by using their full name. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like she goes by K. Exactly. And he calls her Mrs. Graham. It, yeah. What are you gonna do? He calls Mrs. her by Graham. a variety That's of names. What are you gonna do, Mrs. Graham? Oh yeah. <laughs> When the time Oh, comes. I meant Tom, not not Bradley. Oh, I thought Oh, I well I was talking about Ben you Bradley. You were talking about Brent Bradley. Ben Ben Bradley. It's confusing. Ben Bradley Whitford. Ben Bradley yep. Whitford. Bradley Whitford calls her Mrs. Graham yeah. entirely. What are you going to do? What are you going to yeah, do? Yeah, there's Mrs. a lot of Graham? it's both characters have a different Brad status, if you will. I think Tracy Letts is great. He's he fantastic. Is. He's when always. is he not? Yeah. Fuck. Well, you walked out of the lovers. Not because of him though. No, it's just uh, God. <laughs> You didn't, it's on you didn't Amazon Prime. It. I can't wait to watch it. It's just the it's just the most mediocre run of the mill movie. Mm-hmm. Like it's not even that bad. I was just like, I hate. Like I would this rather is a waste of my time. It's like I would rather watch The Room. You know what I mean? Which I haven't seen, but like I would rather watch something that is ostentatiously bad than watch The Lovers. So you I saw... ain't never seen it myself. You haven't seen Disaster Artist, Daniel. Uh, none of the movies you're talking about: The Room, Disaster Artist, The Lovers. How was Disaster Artist, Ben? You just saw it without having seen The Room. I mean, I understood it. <sighs> this is such a mess. <laughs> what? Who cares? I'm. You remember how you were playing the character of the person who hated Spotlight? I'm playing the character of Exasperated. Well, Lord then Wheel. you have to own it as I. I come literally at you. just did. <laughs> what? Disaster <laughs> uh, uh, Artist is fine, though. Okay. I just don't care. Well, I think it's an interesting example because I think actually having a passion for the room makes you enjoy the disaster artist more. more. So I think you're a good example of someone who doesn't give a fuck about the room and thought the disaster artist was just fine. I'm like, it's a fun movie. It's sort of like if you believe in the integrity of the free press, you're going to like the post more. Yeah, exactly. The man, but everyone loves the integrity of the free press. What so I'm trying, what I'm trying to do right post. now is like that classic vaudeville thing when the uh, when the irrelevant dancer is staying too long on stage, and someone like takes a cane and like, like pulls him back off into the wings. Stop raining I'm me the, in. I'm the cane man right now. Stop caning me. Oh, <laughs> as I was leaving <laughs> the disaster, <laughs> no, I'm gonna keep it. I, oh god, the cane I didn't, man. I didn't realize what I said. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. As I was leaving the disaster artist, the man behind me was explaining to his girlfriend, the room is like a, an avant-garde. Oh, God. No, no, See, wow. that's the other thing about the room. Is and that this the... is how they got it. This is how this movie gets it wrong. It's the like, biggest man, straight guy mansplaining movie that exists. Mm-hmm. Ugh. 
couldn't imagine going to that midnight showing. Yeah. Rocky's one thing, but the room of midnight showing, first of all, you're going to get hit by a spoon. Second of all, they throw, spoon? they throw spoons at the screen. Rather be hit by rice. I'd rather be hit by rice. Rice is twice when as nice. Apparently, in the background of a lot of scenes, there's pictures and of, of framed photos of spoons in the background of scenes in the room. So whenever you see that, you throw a spoon. That's just a waste of cutlery. <laughs> yeah. You can really tell in the movie how Meryl misses spooning with her dead husband who committed suicide. I love nice. that. And she and glances how she is... at him every time she walks past his photo. Actually, oh, that is hold on. Good. Okay, so I interpreted that a little bit differently. So when she, the first time she walks into the post office, there's two the frames. The post office? The po- into the, yeah, she's walking into the post office and she walks past the two <laughs> portraits of the postmaster generals before mm-hmm. her which is her father and her husband. Uh-huh. And she looks at one of them, and then she averts her eyes for the second one, is mm. how I read it. And I thought she was looking at her dad, but couldn't face her husband. the facts about her husband killing himself. And, remember, and was still grieving in that moment. I remember clocking that, yeah. Wait a clock. I clocked We are I just We, we are clock like stoppers like on this ashamed. show. It's the, one thing, it's the one thing people say about us, that was we're that clock stoppers. Was that a Nickelodeon stoppers. movie? Clock stoppers? Sure enough. With it was one of, it was like swim, swim fan? Yeah, it was, uh, swim it, fan. was it, it was in the same realm <laughs> as like, swim fan? it was I one of those Nickelodeon studio theatrical fan. releases like Big Fat Liar, and when I think about Big Fat Liars, I think about Richard Nixon, Robert McNamara, and I think that Bruce Greenwood does such a great job. When I think about Big Fat Liar, I think about that sequel they did, the video direct sequel called Bigger Fatter Liar. No way. Sounds like the president. <laughs> this movie is all about Donald Trump, right? He's the bigger, fatter liar. I, lo- I really enjoyed Dying- the post. Yeah, big, fat liar. Dying his hair orange. Makes me think of Trump. <laughs> Every- all leads all all leads road back to the post. All, all roads lead road. back. And talk leads. That makes me think about the post. <laughs> I didn't like in that first breakfast scene when Meryl was like, oh, I buried the lead. Okay, when that happened, I was like, ew, is this movie going to be bad? I know. (laughs) Just using, like, little journalism through the whole thing? She's using journalism (laughs) puns at breakfast. But you know what? She does call him later and be like, I've got your front page headline. (laughs) She does speak it. But I like it. It's Actually, fun. I disagree. It's fun. I disagree. The headline one doesn't bother me. But no, no, no. But but she is a oh, woman who is, she has been living in this industry yeah. as a family business. But this is the first time that she has to show that she is that she should be taken seriously right. by these journalists, journalists, <laughs> professionals. And so she's using the jargon as a means to show that she's one of them. Is what she's doing. So sure. it totally works for me. Yeah, because she's she's not the journalist. She's the publisher. <laughs> What? <laughs> it's funny to me. Publisher. She's the publisher. Dunkirk. You're the publisher and you're my boss. That's huh? what Tom Hanks said. That's how no. I get that Well, And he says it uh, very resentfully. Mm-hmm. How? I mean, I briefly mentioned this, but don't you really find Kay's uh, uh, <laughs> decision she has to make about her friends like Robert McNamara and all the other like Nixon officials who are partying on her back porch mm-hmm. and then her responsibility to the paper. But especially when she looks at the framed photos of like them with, uh, uh, Kennedy. with, well, no, Kennedy, Kennedy Bradley's family's with Kennedy. Yeah. <clears throat> with Johnson and mm-hmm. hanging up that amazing, like two shot with her and McNamara, like framed mm-hmm. and Meryl has like a perfect winning smile. This idea that like, all of the comfort that her life has afforded her has been predicated on a lie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I find that really heartbreaking in you the movie. I think that's brave. I, I think that's... I think that's brave. 
Who says that? Sarah Paulson. I think oh, it's brave. Her big moment. I think it's brave. When you tempt your fate. She's doing a sculpture. She's sculpting. Can you bend your fate? Hey. It's brave. I don't think. Okay, I replace. I take out Bradley Whitford and I swap in Bruce Greenwood. Ooh. I love Bruce Greenwood. I think he's quite good. Hot Bill Garcetti. Has anyone watched Gerald's game? He's very. He's very. Oh, he's daddy. He's ripped in that film. I bet. And then I watched him in this and I was like, ooh. You really know how to change your look. His, his hair, his hair, his ill-fitting chinos. I talked about them when you were in the restroom. Hey, and his don't, hair. Don't. Uh, d- 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 no one needs to look behind the curtain. Brandon was never in the bathroom. <laughs> his hair, his slicked back hair, and his light blue polo. <laughs> ben and, I think Bruce Green was. Ben's quite hair is messed up now because he's been pretending <laughs> to swooping. slick it back with a swoop. It. Thank you. Narrative with a Greenwood swoop. All right, Ben, you're the host. Uh, close this uh, out. Oh, no, I saw no, a no, lot no. to say. Yeah, I mean, okay. I just, I'm just enjoying gabbing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know that I have Ben has dipped a chip. It's getting extremely <laughs> casual. I was just looking at the clock, but, you know, if we're ready to keep going, I I'm, think the I'm first five minutes going. were unusable, so. <laughs> <laughs> so says you. You're not the one editing this. Yeah, the last time I said that, that ended up in that the That ended up in when you said we're not going to use this. So, just know we're using... All of it. <laughs> what are you going to do, Miss Graham? We're printing the whole thing. We're printing it all. I love all the news I that's love... fit to print. Wrong paper? The mm-hmm. sentiment stands. Oh, let's talk about that intern. Oh, baby. Let's talk about that <laughs> Twinkie intern. Okay, I'm visualizing I'd like to... just a blank, like, like cut twink. out of a person. Yeah, I, I... am intern. <laughs> what? <laughs> Interned on? Is that what you're going for? Are you interred into the ground because he killed you? <laughs> no, I'm. In- Was I'm, he hot? I'm into I don't her. <laughs> I'm into her. Victoria. I take a to. I mean, yes, he's a hot young twink, but uh, I was just. Is he? Yeah. I mean, no, he's just like a mediocre white man. He, I like... He, he looks like, like the, the assistant in Ex Libris at the New York Public Library. Not quite. No, he's that not guy's quite hotter. Much, that guy's hotter. Quite, he, that guy's a certifiable hot. This guy is a cute. Yeah, yeah cute, capital C. The yes, other one was a, a hot, capital H. Yeah. I like the moment where... Because it felt like... it. I've been on assignments like this as mm-hmm. an intern at an entertainment... Um, publication at, at You've a, been on not, not a newspaper, like her. but mm-hmm. at a magazine. I was an intern, and you get that type of assignment mm-hmm. where the 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 head honcho comes out to you. And he's like, "Hey, what are you doing? Nothing? Okay, here, take this money, go do this." I once drove to Ojai. Oh my god! To look at real estate records <laughs> for the head honcho. For the head honcho. Was it a personal? Thing. No, you were his personal, was, no, um, no. his personal real estate shopper. I was not his personal real estate shopper. It was for a story, oh. because I was looking for. Um, it was John Krasinski and Emily Blunt. They had just sold or bought a house in Ojai, and I found the record, oh. and that he needed a scanned copy of the record. So, is when, this legal? When, what do you think we do here, kid? <laughs> Love so that, it. That Love moment. It. That moment of an intern getting this. This like off the beaten path yeah. assignment to like take a bus to do some snooping. I, I like, love that. It was that. ripped straight from the headlines of your life. I it was love ripped that straight from the headlines of my life. Except See, that's, I'm glad Brandon got to speak to it from personal experience because that's what I wanted to say. I just think it's very... Uh, As a, he's literally a runner. Yeah. I just think it's... Um, I mean, it's like... He's making, a that's New, York, movies New York Times runner. Luke Slattery. No, he's not the, the New York Times Is he the son runner? of... Because there oh, is that's a New right. York Times runner. Earlier in the film. But is that the son of the Roger Sterling? Do we know? Oh. 
Let's um the let's take the, a look. the P public official from Sex in the City. He's in something called Fluidity. Ooh, well, that's <laughs> apt. Um, all right, what's this idiot's name going to be? Intern. Yeah, we just do uh, Control F Intern. Mm-hmm. It's not working. Sintern. <laughs> I mean, he he has lines. He's a speaking role. They paid him SAG minimum. Is he a Lafayette protester? No. Is he no. woman with package? <laughs> Um, Are you someone important? <laughs> that's woman with package. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I can't find it. But Whatever. I, I really enjoyed that moment. And I, I did thought, too. I thought it was very true to how business operates. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's like there are touches of actual journalism, like when Bob Odenkirk almost crushes his pencil, crossing off a name that he's just <laughs> called. It's like you can see the lead almost yes. snap. Yes, I, he... I like moments in the movie. Where where you see the process, mm-hmm. moments that reminded me of Spotlight, I like yeah. the best. Sorry. I, I like when Odenkirk drops his baby quarters at the phone booth outside. And then he drops the phone. Yeah, it's and a very funny bit. Hold on. But yeah, but Brandon, I mean, this movie's not so much. I mean, it, it's it, not trying. No, hold on, hold on. Spotlight. They're Ch- different movies. This movie is actually a more holistic look at the way that a newspaper runs. Yes, and that you're there right, is you're chasing right. leads. You do get the very satisfying whoosh of the pencil mm-hmm. crossing off a lead. But we also spend time with the publisher of the paper who is trying to take it public in order to keep it yes, afloat. Post and all of the various and broader. Well, I'm, than I'm what saying Spotlight is. the word I used is holistic. It gives a more multifaceted view of how a newspaper runs. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, they're like to your point earlier. They are. Achieving different goals. Yeah. That the post is teaching us why America is great. Yeah. And Spotlight is whatever Spotlight is. (laughs) You already showed us your hand. We know you like the movie. Academy Academy Accord winner. Spotlight is about believing people. You know what? Spotlight... Spotlight is about crying while while loading the dishwasher. (laughs) Spotlight exists so we don't have to say best picture winner the Revenant. Okay. Um, sp- no, Spotlight is a totally worthy winner on its own terms. No, but... I agree. It was my number one that year. Oh, well, pardon me. Don't yell at me. <laughs> Do not yell at me. <laughs> Carol would be number one now, okay? Oh, oh. I know. Brandon. It was a sin. I committed a crime. Brandon, Lady Bird Kirby, how dare <laughs> you? I am... I'm speechless. <laughs> we didn't know each other then. I didn't know. I don't think I know you now. Hearing Carol, that Carol was my number five that year. <gasps> Bitch, what? Okay, it. I bet the big short was ahead. Did it leave you cold, Brandon? It took me two viewings, okay? And I had only had one viewing when I made my list. Frosty the snowman over here. <laughs> Leaving him cold. I love Carol. Well, guys, I've been kicked off the podcast. It's <laughs> been fun. This is the Carol podcast. This has been Movies IMO. I'm no longer part of this. <laughs> well, don't don't talk crazy. This has been Carol IMO. We need you to, like, bridge this gap. <laughs> this is not a uh, visual medium, Ben. No one knows that you were pointing at me when you said that. I think they figure it out. Bridge what gap? The Bridge of Spies. <laughs> Starring Tom Hanks. That ends on a literal bridge of spies. <laughs> yes. Is that the final scene? <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's on a bridge populated by spies. <laughs> I, it's a shame that, well, Brandon. What is the film called? <laughs> bridge of Spies. <laughs> and at the end, there's going to be a big bridge and a couple of spies. <laughs> I'm imagining <laughs> the studio head in Barton Fink. <laughs> Chop on a cigar. You got a bridge and you got some spies in the bridge. Puff a cigar. Don't overthink it. What's this fishmonger stuff? Bridge? You got some spies. It's the bridge of spies. You're gonna be a star, kid.
kid. You got Moxie. What's the What's the name of the picture? Well, you got Bridge. You got some spies at it. That's the name of the picture. Nancy, hold my calls. <laughs> Nancy, no one on the horn. Hold my calls. It's no one on the horn. Good morning to no one. I tweeted yesterday. Me. Hello. Hello. I am no one. Good morning to no one. It is I, no one. Because it's a bit that people do good morning to no one except Jessica Chastain or whatever. So I just did good morning to no one. To no one. <laughs> no one entertained me today. It is nobody. Don't talk to me. Um, when I woke up this morning, I guess in a way I said good morning to Christopher Nolan because I had a dream where I watched Dunkirk again and I became a zealot. I became oh. a stan, which is a nightmare that has I... only happened to me once before and it was about Guardians of the Galaxy. Ooh, nice. I am a stan of both pictures Look because at... I'm attracted to the raccoon. <laughs> Putting it up. <laughs> you Tom Hardy? I already... Tom Hardy. <laughs> in Dunkirk. I got it. I often compare his performance in the Revenant to a muskrat. Thank you, Ben. Thank you, Benjamin. Huh? I was talking about Guardians of the Galaxy. I know. Oh. Anyway. My name is actually Ben. I know. It's not like... unlike Kay, even though her name is Catherine. So not at all like Kay. So actually not it's at all It's a similar like situation because I prefer to be called ben. I think if I rewatched Dunkirk, I would stand all over again. And it would probably land in my 20. But I'm going to refrain from rewatching it so it Remember doesn't land in my blonde 20. on the boat? Which one? Trust me. Hot blonde on Hot the boat. Hot blonde in a white sweater? It would be, it would probably land on the top 10 if I rewatched it just because of hot blonde on the boat. My hair is getting so long now. If it was Halloween, I could totally like Your hair is very puff long. it up. I could do hot blonde and, I mean, I could just put on a white turtleneck, you know? Mm-hmm. And be hot blonde on the boat. I could do my, I, I would apply some rouge. I would <laughs> put some rouge on my cheeks. <laughs> 40 year old virgin. Up. 40 year old virgin, Jane Lynch. I don't remember. Put a little rouge on his cheeks. <laughs> Tuck a sack. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that movie at all. And I the know. fact that you have such a specific <laughs> reference <laughs> to this Judd Apatow picture. Oh my god, this is the first time I've cried on the book. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about a Jane Lynch line from 40 Year Old Bird. Oh boy. <laughs> What a throwback. <laughs> Tuck his sack Dude. back? Who is she talking about? Steve Carell? Which one's she speed dating? Oh, <laughs> yeah. She's like, you're a red bull of rouge, honey. You took your sack back. Oh, yeah. That was like classic Jane Lynch. Vintage Lynch. That, yeah, vintage Lynch. Emmy Award winner. When she, <laughs> when she was just like a Christopher Guest bit player. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. All right. Oh, uh, ben, ben, close us out. Well, this has been Movies IMO. We've been talking a little bit about the post. <laughs> Mostly about Barton Fink. <laughs> the head of Capital Pictures. That's what is it called? <laughs> What's the name of the picture? <laughs> um, <clears throat> you can find Movies IMO on Twitter at Movies IMO. You can find us on, please rate, review, subscribe to us on iTunes or Stitcher or whatever. Google? No. Yeah, we're on Google Play. Your platform of choice. Oh, uh, yeah. Your podcatcher of choice. That's what the professionals say. Your uh, newswire of choice. And and this is an episode about the news. Yeah. So once again, bringing it when all home. When his assistant drags over the <clears throat> thing that spits out in the news that's happening elsewhere. Yes. The wire. Anyway. 
Um, yeah, he fumbles it when it comes down to the wire. Mm-hmm. Correct. Uh, my name is Ben Empey. You can find me on Twitter at Real.Haynes. I'm Daniel Crook. You can find me on Twitter at Daniel Crook with three O's. Whenever I travel on an airplane, I always buy a second seat to strap my luggage in. And then I hold on to it the whole flight. It's government secrets. <laughs> Literally nice. is. I'm Brandon Kirby. You can find me on Twitter at BK Kirby. <clears throat> I rewatched Magnolia on a flight. Ooh. Oh, and we're nice. talking about Phantom oh, yeah. Thread next, next week. Next week, we are talking about Phantom Thread! Wow. <laughs> it's going to oh, be wow. the most lit I have ever been on this podcast. I'm the only one who's seen it so far. Try not to pregame for that one. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lose it. <laughs> I'm going to lose my it's gonna, mind. It's going to be like an episode of Drunk History. I'm it's going to come in already <laughs> sloshed. <laughs> Yeah, that's going to be an incredibly earnest episode, I think. Uh, at least it will be for me talking about my personal relationship to PTA as like a high school film fag. Yeah, re-watching Magnolia, Magnolia reminded me... Yeah. That's my movie, yeah. How yeah, much I too. fucking love that movie in high school, The Fucking Frogs. Okay, let, let's... I have so much love to give. Um, <laughs> because it's my name! Because it's my name! Boom! Molly's game. Molly's literal, literal applause from my audience. Well, I gotta see that film. Well, I gotta know her name. Molly's <laughs> Molly's name. I have to call Molly I by know. the name given to her by her rhymes. daddy, who knows best. I love that it rhymes. Did I? Name. Yeah. I did. I just say it's called Molly's name. No, I did. Oh, I think it feels like it should be called that. Call me by your Molly's <laughs> name because it's my name. <laughs> Molly's name. <laughs> Could you imagine Molly's name, which is Molly? <sighs> it's like um, it's the joke in that movie, uh, writing the script called The Day After Yesterday. So, oh, sideways, The Day After Yesterday. So today, it's like Molly's name. So Molly. <laughs> <laughs> so the film is Molly. Molly. Should I just do it in my Catherine Hepburn voice? Yes. <laughs> my life. <laughs> do it. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Louder. And she's like constantly shaking in her older years. <laughs> From like the 60s. Spencer! <laughs> I can't get Okay, let's just everybody. This is Movies I Am Up! Movies I Am Up! That's Jennifer Jason Lee in the Howard <laughs> I'd stake my pillets about it! <laughs> Howard? Mr. Ben Bradley, <laughs> I do declare. The winner is Jane Fonda. Thank you. Thank you very much, members of the Academy, and thank all of you who applauded. There's a great deal to say, and I'm not going to say it tonight. I would just like to really thank you very much. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.